Welcome to Act Two by Choosing Him Ministries with Tisha Janes and Andrew Pate, a place where life stories are told, encouragement is shared, and hope is found. And today we are thrilled to have Deanna Wall with us. Good morning, Deanna. Hi, good morning. It's so good to be here with you girls. We're thankful to have you. Y'all, and Deanna is a, she's a born again believer, first of all, um, and you'll know that by everything that she says. Uh, but she lives with God's amazing grace each and every day. And she just exudes that. And when you talk to her, and I'm so excited that you're going to get to hear from her. Uh, she strives to maintain stable ministries within her local church through teaching biblical leadership principles. Her passion is to share the word of God with others in such a way that they know Jesus Christ more intimately and are compelled to live in his power and beyond their strengths and abilities. And she definitely achieves that. Um, God just works through her in such amazing ways. She is an associate pastor and oversees hospital care for the congregation of Cornerstone Nashville. And I can't wait to hear a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. She also oversees the Prime Life Department and ministry to those who are 50 plus or a grandparent. She leads the gathering of senior adult service that features inspiring gospel music and the word of God. And I cannot wait to get up there one day and be able to um, be a that part be so of that. Fun. Yes. Um, leading in these positions, she facilitates a large volunteer team, which ministers to the needs of the church on a daily basis. And in her free time, she loves reading, walking, and spending time with her husband, her children, and her four incredible grandchildren, which I hope we'll get to hear about as well. Yeah. So welcome. So let's just start, first of all, with um, going through your bio of what you do at the church. Uh, my official title is I am the associate pastor over all the hospital care, as well as the senior adult ministry in the church. And um, I actually, I've been at Cornerstone for 25 years. However, I've been on staff for coming up on um, 12 years. And so um, it it has been a, a, a growth, a growth uh, in myself that I'm so grateful for, but I actually came on staff as the production director and just happened in here. I was there as the production director for about a year and a half and um, the incredible woman who was doing my position that I hold now uh, moved to Florida um, and uh, and so they asked me if I would take on that role. And so I was humbled and honored. And today I'm very grateful to have had those opportunities. Wow. Amazing. And I, I, that's actually really shocking to me that you did the production, which doesn't surprise me because you are um, very professional and I can see you doing that with excellence, but your heart and your compassion that you have for people to me, is just a perfect match for um, people who really need that. Uh, that's awesome that you're able to serve in that capacity. Mm -hmm. Well, it um, it has been uh, ever changing, um, and I I have grown along with all of the changes. I have to say that um, I can't take any credit. Uh, for the success of it, uh, nor for the beginning of it, there was an incredible foundation that was laid in the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, the man who um, 
who founded Cornerstone. Uh, and he, he didn't found it, but he came, he was there for, for 30 years and he established all of the systems that, that still today are in place. And those systems came from a desire to provide a level of pastoral care that was different from anywhere else. Mm -hmm. It was a place, we used to always say, Cornerstone is the biggest small church that you will ever find because it's, it was very large, but it felt very small. It was very intimate. And that is because of the connection, the community, the, you know, you go into a mega church and if you have an immediate family member die, the pastoral team knows about it. If you're having surgery, the pastoral team knows about it. And back before the pandemic, if you were having surgery, you had someone from our ministry team that would come to the hospital and pray with you. Before surgery, you would have daily visits. Um, as you were in the hospital. And so in a very large congregation, the system is what made that possible. Right. You can have good intentions all day long, but people will fall through the nets. If you do not have a system in place that, that directs and that keeps every all of the administrative things in order, a chain of information coming in and going out, then it will fail. It just will fail. So it was set when I came in. I've tweaked it along the years um, based on the changes in time, based on, um, you know, people change with the times. Um, I, I saw this far before the pandemic and that, you know, uh, maybe you can relate, Tisha, in the days that, um, Everybody knew everybody. You lived on the same street for 25 years. All the families knew each other. You knew what was going on in people's lives. You, you responded to those needs and it was welcomed because it was a way of life. Right. Well, in times changing and things being more transitional, jobs, people on the move, um, the transition from jobs every five years, which was the norm and, and is even quicker now, uh, people didn't get to know each other in those neighborhoods. And so what I saw, the same thing that occurred in the neighborhoods and community, it was that same mindset in the church. Uh, it began that if, if a stranger came into the hospital room when you were sick, you were overwhelmed to the point of shock. So then I began to look at, okay, are we doing this because it's our rules? Or what do we do to actually minister to the need of the person, whether it's our guideline or not? And if times have changed and we're about people, then we should adapt to those changes as well. So we still have the system of information. We might vary to do a phone call of prayer rather than a visit. We might just uh, send a card even. Uh, based on where that person is. So I hope I haven't rambled too much and lost no. question. No, that's, that's, that's amazing. great to hear. And even like our church who we have, we went from 2000 to 300 over the years, right. actually 2000 to 50 to now we're back to about 300. 
Um, yeah. But we've been adapting to that as well. And that's been some ongoing conversations we've had is how to, how to meet the needs of people that they're at. Um, because we, like you said, we can have good intentions, but if we're not actually meeting the need, then it's for not. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And you're right. I mean, what you were saying, like society in general, like I think craves community. I think that's right. why social media is so hot right now is because they crave that that small town feel. And even Ooh. though people say like, oh, you know, I don't care about that. They really do. They're finding their yeah. community somewhere. And wow. so the church stepping in and, and filling that need is, is huge and filling Ooh. it in a kind of turnkey way, like that everyone, you know, has their own specific, like this situation might be handled one way and then another might just get a card or a call or something like, I really like that you guys are unique to each person yeah, and situation. Yeah. Yes. Well, the big change happened uh, with the pandemic to where we are no longer able to get in hospitals. Even now, um, as a chaplain, I can't go into unless I'm a resident chaplain at the specific hospital, mm -hmm. I can't go in there unless it's end of life when all the restrictions are lifted. And so um, in, in the beginning, I just, I, I prayed and I said, Lord, I, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do, but I know that, that I want to care for people. And so um, he was so gracious to show me in scripture how Jesus ministered to the needs of people from afar. He gave uh, illustrations in scripture where the centurion even came and said, Lord, I know that you're a man of great authority. And if you just speak the word, my servant will be healed. And so Jesus healed from afar. So then we began to look at care packages. So if we can't go to the hospital and visit, we, we de uh, designed a care package that's a devotional um, a card and, you know, a personal card from the senior pastor and things like that. So that when people come home from the hospital, they have a gift from the church, as well as prior to going to the hospital, we always, always, always call and pray. We I pray. That's so great. And you know, what stands out more than just what you do, which is absolutely beautiful. And I love that but to hear your passion and your heart that is grieving um, as someone who wants to love on God's people and that you haven't been able to, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm sitting on the other side of that, mm -hmm. been receiving that, but we've been such isolation. Um, and sometimes in your isolation, you think, has everybody forgotten about me? Right. And right. so I think it's important right. for even our listeners to hear that the pastors have had a really hard time, not just because of logistics, but because their heart is to be with their people that they right. serve and they love. And that's been the greatest challenge, not figuring out technology, but how do we do life and love on the people that God's entrusted to us mm -hmm. and really be the hands and feet of Christ in a time when all the rules said you can't do that. Right. It's just beautiful to hear. Like I, I, my heart just connected with you such a deeper level to hear you say that, that um, I think we forget that. We're yes. all about the technology and that's not where y'all's focus necessarily has been. No, not at all. Um, and I do believe that, um, that God honors the heart. 
And even though the world has set up boundaries, the Lord cannot be contained, nor his people. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. He will open doors that seem to have been locked. And if you have a heart willing to, not because you want to feel good about yourself, and, and, and I'll, I'll get into that later as well. Um, but because, you know, you feel a call on your life and, and uh, when you're ministering to others, it just, it does something warm and fuzzy inside because the lost even do that. But now people are looking all day long for a benevolent work to do. Corporations are looking for benevolent works to do to make them feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. However, I believe that the Lord sees through that and the supernatural opening of doors happens when you have a heart to lift up the name of Jesus, to point people to him, to give hope to the hopeless, to mend the broken, then God blesses that. Amen. Amen. Totally agree with that. That's huge. That's huge. Um, so yeah, just kind of to continue on, yeah. I know that, you know, Deanna, you show up for people when the unexpected has happened in their lives. Something has, you know, gotten them to a place where they probably didn't see themselves being and we just want to know like is there something in your life that created a season that you didn't expect and how did you handle that and what advice would you give others in that situation when they are facing something that is overwhelming uh I'm going to go completely off of what I had planned. That's okay. Uh, about 15 years ago, I went for a routine uh, wellness check. And in that, it was discovered that um, I had elevated liver enzymes. And I, I thought, well, this is just a fluke. Uh, blood work. So anyway, in the process of many tests, it was determined um, that I had hepatitis C and was in liver failure. Uh, I had no symptoms. I, I had no uh, warning signs. I had nothing. Um, and this, at that time, now there are drugs that take care of it. Medications that are, uh, the, the success rate is is almost at 100%. Wow. Uh, however, it wasn't that way uh, back then. Uh, there was the discoveries had not been made. Everything was experimental. Um, when I went through the process, I determined that I was in a fight for my life. And so I began to pray and the Lord had been gracious. I don't believe that God ever takes you through, allows you to go through something that he hasn't tried to prepare you for. Mm -hmm. Whether or not we heed the warning, it's up to us. But I had been in Bible studies. I had been in so many, I had read books. I had been doing studies that prepared me for this. And so I knew some key things. I knew number one, I was gonna guard my faith. I knew that this was not information that I was just going to share with everyone because 
I only wanted people of strong faith that could line up with me. I did not want pity. I did not want doubt being spoken into me. I did not want, while I was walking through the journey of the battle, I did not want people looking at me. And maybe if I was having a bad day, uh, for them to say, oh, are you feeling okay? You look tired today. I did not want that being spoken into me. So I was very, very guarded on who I shared this with, to walk through the battle with. Mm -hmm. So, of course, it was my husband. It was my uh, children. And it was the senior pastor and two of my dearest friends, two of the, the women pastors, one of which is the one whom I took her place in this position. Uh, the other is a, a long-term uh, pastor on our staff. And I went to them and we just joined together and we believed God for a miracle. The journey was not easy. There were times, every time, the more I believed, the worse the report was. Wow. Every time I would go to my doctor's appointment, I would think, Lord, you are going to show, you're going to confirm your miracle today. You're going to confirm, you're going to make a liar out of the enemy when I go in this appointment through the results of these tests. And it didn't happen that way. They got worse and they got worse and they got worse. And, um, to where I wasn't even eligible. If, if, my, if my liver went into complete failure, I wasn't eligible for a transplant uh, because they said it was too far gone and would be hiding in other places in my body. They told me, I learned so much about the liver, uh, the scientific uh, function of the liver and its great capacity. It is, it is the only organ that can rejuvenate itself. And I learned that that's what, that was so, not just a coincidence, but it was almost like an unspoken message of the Lord to me of the regeneration of my life. He did not save me to allow me to go out that way. The other thing, uh, so the point one is guard who you tell. Be specific when you're going through these struggles, who you surround yourself with. It's very, very, very important. Uh, number two, um, number two is know what God has called you to do. You see, I knew that I had not fulfilled the things in life that God had for me. So I knew I wasn't going to die. I knew that I had not seen the promises of God come to fruition in my life. It's important that you cling to the promises that God has given you when you're going through the dark times. Like the children of Israel, when they thought they were going to be held in captivity forever, their leaders would always remind them. They would even ask their leaders. They said, you not ask them. They would condemn them and say, you brought us out here to die. Mm -hmm. And their leader would remind them, there is a land flowing with milk and honey. There is a promised land that God has given us. There is a place that belongs to us and the enemy will not be able to keep us from it. So number two, you need to know and be sure of the promises of God in your life. Number three, no matter how bad things may look, don't count God out. 
Amen. It didn't matter how bad the reports got. There was something within me that was just saying that report may come today, but I'm still going to believe the report of the Lord. I will not believe the report of man. I remember the day, uh, the first challenge was I had gone to a to a, uh, one of the best known um, doctors in our city. And he was of a different faith. He was a Muslim. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't know. Uh, I, I was, even in the beginning, I was almost rude because I, I, I didn't know if he could believe with me. And I was so intentional about everyone that was involved with me mm -hmm. being of like mind. And so I remember telling him, he told me, he said, even if you come out of this, your liver will never be normal. And I looked at him and I said, I serve a God that heals. And when he heals, he heals in fullness. And I told him, I said, make no mistake, my liver will be as though nothing was ever wrong with it. At the end of the day, he looked at me and he said, you know, he said, for some reason, I do believe you. And so we became, we partnered in this, um, in this journey together and he became a dear friend. I love him. He loves me. We have a great respect for each other. And he saw the hand of God and he does not deny that. Wow. Um, so, so don't count God out. Yeah. Know that no matter how bad the situation is, God is still faithful. And I would even say, I would even say, and Tisha, I know that that you prayed uh, for your mom. Mm -hmm. uh, you prayed for your mom and you believed and you had all three of those points <laughs> activated in your life. Absolutely. So what do you do? Right. What do you do when, when the outcome isn't maybe what you expected? And I've been reminded of a, of a story in the Bible in Habakkuk. When Habakkuk saw such evil being done by the people of Judah, they had turned their back on God. They were in wickedness. And Habakkuk in the first chapter, he cries out to God and he said, God, do you not see what is going on? Do you not see this trouble? Do you not see all the confusion? And the Lord answered Habakkuk and he said, Habakkuk, if you could see what I would do, was doing, you wouldn't even believe it. You can't imagine all that I'm doing. And then he goes on in the story of Habakkuk. And God does a work that is not expected where Habakkuk thinks that, you know, so, so God answers him. He does a work, but it's not the way that Habakkuk thinks it should be. Yes, that's right. But in the end, Habakkuk saw, though it was not my ways, you answered God. And you brought the best answer for your people. You brought the best. And so I know that whatever people are facing in the challenges of life, never let go of God's goodness, never let go 
of his faithfulness, never let go of his truth. Because if you don't believe all of it, how can you believe any of it? Right. Absolutely. So thank you for that. Um, yeah. So I've been completely healed. I, I've been stronger than I've ever been in my life. There's no, they've done tests. They, it, it's like it was never even there. That's, wow, what a miracle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, well, thank you for entrusting us with that story. And uh, just, wow, I, I, I'm, I'm really in awe. That is very inspiring and it's just awesome. I'm so, so I'm going to add one more thing. Yes. I want to add one more thing. So in that process, there was some, also some checkpoints. The Lord told me that he would strengthen me that, um, and I was committed to never slack on ministry. Mm -hmm. I was committed to be in church every time the doors opened, whether I felt like it or not. I was committed to packing on the makeup if that's what it re required for <laughs> no one to ever know what was going on. And it was, people would come up to me and they would say, you look better than ever. What are you doing? What is different about you? And in my mind, it was almost like a little God wink mm -hmm. where he was saying, see, I have taken care of you. I have honored your wishes. And uh, I would think in my mind, I wonder what they would do if I told them, well, it must be that I'm in full-blown liver failure. That must be the look that I have. <laughs> um, but sometimes, sometimes in the struggles of life, you've got to put on your big girl panties and you've got to still dress the part and walk the walk even when you don't feel like it until your feelings catch up with your faith. <laughs> Absolutely. We have said that many times. Yeah. Take it till you make it. Yes, exactly. Yes. That's it. Well, wow. Yeah. That's that you've said a lot. And I think I will be processing through a lot of that today. Um, and I thank you for following that up with, you know, what do we do if God answers that differently? Mm -hmm. uh, I think we tend to forget the good ways that he answers and we only focus on the bad ways because he's always good. And even though yeah. he answers differently, he can only do what's best because that is who he is. He cannot yeah. do what's harmful for us. That mm -hmm. is not his character. That's not who he is. And so when he does answer something, the way that we have prayed, sometimes we're, we're going, Oh, God is so good. And then when he doesn't, we're like, well, why didn't you? Mm -hmm. right. And what's wrong yeah. with the situation? And He's right. still the same God and he's doing, he is faithful to us. His promises remain true mm -hmm. um, from the beginning of time to the end of times. And we can trust that. And mm -hmm. it may look like complete healing on this earth and mm -hmm. it might look like complete healing in heaven, right. um, but it is ultimately his will and his plan. Yes, it is. And that is what we're all seeking after is that journey that you had with him that, that he took you on where you Ooh. can stand firm in your faith mm -hmm. and firm in your belief mm -hmm. enabled you to be the person you are today, to speak right. so confidently on who he is. Mm -hmm. And you change lives um, because of your journey. And people don't even know that journey you took on, but mm -hmm. you just allow God to speak through you. Mm -hmm. And that is, I would say in part at the journey that he allowed you to go on with him. Absolutely. Wow. Well, 
Thank you for that. Deanna, that's huge. A lot, a lot to think about um, because I think everybody can say I'm either in one boat or the other at this moment, but I have been in both at some point in my life. Yes. That, yeah. That's something I think all of us and our listeners can agree on and, and, and relate to. Yeah. Because, I mean, it is, it's hard when God, when God chooses to not heal. It's hard. It, that's, that's a hard thing. And so your words are definitely comforting. Um, I think it's really important too, for us to point out that you could have chosen a different response mm -hmm. to that diagnosis. You could, oh, uh, you could why God and get angry yeah. mm -hmm. and, you know, and let everybody know and just really combated your journey and your faith mm -hmm. with him publicly. Um, but you anchored down in your faith and you were like, okay, God, it's going to be me and you, and we're going to fight mm -hmm. this together. But your response was, was a choice. And I think you said that earlier when you were like, I'm going to do whatever I need to do um, yeah. to continue in my calling, to continue what yeah. God has called me mm -hmm. to minister to and through. And that, that um, is something we all have to kind of battle with and come to terms with, mm -hmm. but you have a choice in the response. Um, for what do, and I, I mean, I listen, every day was not that response, mm -hmm. but that was my core belief. And so because I had surrounded myself with people of like mind, if there was a time that I cried out to God and I questioned and I said, Lord, is, is this, is this true? Is this how it's going to happen? Is this, am I done? Do I need to go ahead and start, you know, and all of that. And, and my husband, either my husband would come and, and just encourage me and remind me of my belief or the, the people that I had surrounded me uh, the, the people who I've surrounded myself with, uh, they would, I, um, I remember calling one of the ladies one day and I said, um, what, what if, what if I'm just being naive? What, like, like, I really believe this, but what if, what if I'm just in denial? And she looked at me and she said, Deanna, do not let the enemy rob you of faith that God has given you. Do not call what God has given you something that the enemy is trying to do. Mm -hmm. And so she would just always point me right back. And so it's just so important to surround yourself with people who know the word of God, mm -hmm. people who can pray with you. And, and, you know, there are people in, especially in these times, uh, I've never seen anything like it that, um, you know, I, I have prayed with them. I have stood with them. I believed with them and the outcome was different. Mm -hmm. And at that time you still speak the goodness of God, just like in Habakkuk, when Habakkuk thought that everything was over, when Habakkuk was mourning the decline and the ending of Judah as God's people, God reminded him, Habakkuk, I'm not through. I'm not through. This is not your end. And so it's, it's even, it's just as important in those times to remind people of the promises of God. Absolutely, it is. That's what's carried our, us and me personally mm -hmm. through that as well. 
this, his faithfulness, knowing his promises, knowing his word, because when you're grasping for the wise, the only place you're going to find that is in his word. And, and there's times when, like you said, you can't even find it yourself. And that's when as a community, you come, you have people around you that remind you of that. And Oh, God's been so gracious to give us that community. So I mean, you've had your journeys too. Mm-hmm. She's been dealing with um, heart failure and um, it's wow. been a very yeah. similar road. It has. I mean, and you do, you have days where you question it and days where you're like, okay, I know God's got this. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest things is you talk about surrounding yourself with people. I think one of those beings is God. Like you, like you said, like you have to really, when you hit something like liver failure, a loss of um, a loved one, an illness of some sort, you need your relationships with God to be solid before that thing hits. And there's plenty of people who, who dive in with God and they get really deep when that thing hits and that's great. And it's their journey. But I just know for me, I, I was so thankful that I had a walk beforehand and that I could pull from what Mm. I knew, because sometimes when you are in the middle of it, you can't, you can't see God's truth. It's really hard Mm -hmm. to like, oh, yes, God says this, this, this. And so it's really hard to see those things. And I think just knowing like, we're all going to face something at some point in our life, we, we need to building that relationship with christ hide his words in our heart yes yes that's our tool belt yes that's our tool belt i love psalm 23 yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death you know we're always walking through the valley we don't camp there no. we don't stay there Thank it's you. it's a mere shadow so um again the seasons of life they're gonna come you know, in these earthly seasons, as we were talking before we began, we can even look at the calendar and there are dates that tell us when summer ends and fall begins, when fall ends and winter begins. Unfortunately in life, we don't have dates. Right. right. However, we have promises in his word that those seasons of life are never permanent. God's moving. His people, we have always been known as a people on the move. God's moving us from glory to glory. We never stay in the same place. Wow, that's so true. Yes. Wow. Well, what an inspiring time it has been with you. You've um, filled my tank <laughs> and my heart and my head, and I have a lot to think about. And um, uh, it's, God is so good and so timely just in our personal lives with our guests that are on here and our friends just to fill mm-hmm. us because he, for all of our listeners and for each of us, he knows where we're at. He knows what we're he going does. through. Um, yeah. before we even, we can't hide from him. And yeah. before we yeah. ever utter it, he's like, I'm already there with you. I already know what's yeah. going on and yeah. I'm grateful for that. So thank you so for being with us. Oh, I'm so grateful for your ministry and, um, all that, that you're doing. Uh, I know it's not easy. Uh, I know that it's a, a constant challenge and struggle, but yet um, you, God always gives grace and opens doors. And uh, I know that your work is not done in vain. 
Thank I'm you. Grateful. Thank you very much. Deanna, um, for our listeners, how can they connect with Of course, you can always reach me through my email, uh, which is the letter D, wall, at cornerstonenashville.org. Um, I'm on Facebook, uh, social media as Deanna Wall. Um, it's not through the church social media, but that's my private social media. Um, you can also reach me through my office uh, at the church, and that's um, area code 615-865-6655 at Cornerstone Nashville. But um, I'm always happy to, uh, to share with people and um, to just, people are my life. And, uh, you know, it has even changed to where my ministry to people has gone more outside of the walls of the church mm -hmm. uh, than inside. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that, that's been the change of my heart. Uh, over the last 10 years, I've been so busy in ministry that I lost sight of even uh, who I was. I was just going by autopilot just taking care of all the, the demands. And uh, with the pandemic, uh, God used that time to refocus me. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not just about the job, but it's kingdom. It's kingdom. Mm -hmm. And um, the Lord said in his word, if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. And he's faithful to do that. He has told us, as Paul said, I will glory in nothing but the cross. I boast in nothing but the cross. The world is, is dead to me. It's crucified to me. I have nothing to prove to the world and the world has nothing to prove to me. And uh, when you just lay everything down and you just open yourself to the work of the Lord without any walls put up, um, he, he does things that you can't even imagine. So I'm grateful. Mm -hmm. I do more funerals out in our community for people who don't have a pastor. Uh, that, that has uh, shocked me um, how God has opened those doors and just allowed me. Um, it's, such a, it's such a delicate time yeah. in families' lives mm -hmm. uh, to be there. Yes. Well, thank you for being with us today um, on the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Um, and listeners, feel free to contact Deanna. She is um, just an amazing person with an obviously amazing testimony. Um, so we want to tell our listeners today, and thank you for being with us, but um, whether this is your first act, your second act, your third or fourth, it's your <laughs> journey. Let God shine through it and as you share it. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you next time. Hey guys. Thank you.